know you're gonna dig this. Conversations that are designed to push you from walking in potential to fulfilling your purpose and introducing, introducing, introducing our host, Anthony Mitchell. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is Anthony Mitchell. Just wanted to say that we have some company today, meaning I got a special guest who's going to keep it hot, flavorful. But before I introduce him, I do have to say, Whatever platform you were streaming this podcast from, please give us a like, a share, a rate, a subscription. Help us to get this content out to the four corners of the world. But before we do so, we got to hear from our sponsors. So stay tuned. Hey, guys, this is Basically Tisha from Basically Tisha. Listen, you guys will love my content. Please join me on Facebook.com forward slash Basically Tisha or TikTok forward slash at Basically Tisha. Hey, my beautiful people. If you're listening in now, do not touch that dial. This is your host, Anthony Mitchell, and I am coming at you live from a podcast where as always, We have conversations wrapped around things we know now, wrapped around things we wish we knew when we were younger. And with that said, I have a heavyweight, a heavyweight special guest that's here in the studio with us today. So I'm going to hop in the passenger seat and allow my special guest to come to the forefront and introduce himself. Thank you. I don't know how I can... (laughs) Can <laughs> come out of that one. Um, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, my name is Stephen Leafley, and I am. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm chuckling as I say that because I just had this conversation um, about being a motivational person, and so every time somebody says that, the first thing that pops into my mind is Chris Farley when in that that skit from Saturday Night Live when he when he says, "I am Matt Stevens, a motivation." <laughs> <laughs> so I feel I feel like I feel like I do that a lot. Like I just I, because I have seven kids, or actually I have eight kids. Um, and uh, and so my I do that all the time when they ch- just to try to get them out of bed. I just sit down there and climb over climb over their bed as their eyes wake up, and I'm like, "My name is your father, and I am your motivational speaker. You need to get your butt out of bed now." I mean now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing at you, Mr. Leapley, because I, my wife and I, we are parents to six kids, and it, there's not many groups that I've been in that someone has had more than me. So I I have to touch on that in a moment. But with that said, um, I know you're a motivational speaker. You're a guy of many talents. You wear many hats. I want you to start at square one and just give us a piece of your story. Well, I wish I could say I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth, but, but I wasn't. So, um, I, I grew up in the Midwest, um, um, in the suburbs of Chicago mostly. And, um, I got out of, I got out of high school and I went to college, that's what everybody does. And I went to, I went to community college and I was there for a semester and I thought this is like high school with smoke breaks. 
it was it was it just made no sense to me so i joined the military and ended up spending 10 years in the military as a navy corpsman and um and got my paramedic license in there and and then six years after the military i was also in the medical field as as a as a medic as an administrator and that's where um that's where i really kind of cut my teeth on a lot of what i do today um which is primarily ghostwriting, but in that sense, I was speaking a lot. I was I was on a on a circuit, and um, I didn't put this in my bio when, when you and I were were chatting earlier. But um, there was a season where where um, I got too big for my britches, and um, and you know, as a medic, you know, there, there's an old saying that paramedics walk on water. Well, I used to say I invent the water that I walk on. Wow. Because I had a, I had my ego was so huge, so huge, and and that got me into some addictions that that didn't like it, which almost cost me my family. I ended up in a rehab for seven months. Wow. When and coming out of that, I transitioned out of medicine and and started doing working in the corporate corporate world. I was worked for a Fortune fifty company for a while as a as a trainer speaker in in there and um and that that process and then 2008 happened and the economy crashed and of course when you are in the human resources division and and the economy goes that's the first kind of group of people that that go is all the all the what they call ancillary services i guess of not not important people although we are important and so that led me uh, corporate field and into basically going into business for myself and 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 uh, we went back to school my wife and I actually went back to went back to college I got a um, bachelor's degree master's degree and um, we were gonna head down this this route of wanting to start a church and then um, and then that didn't end up going the way we wanted it to and but in that process of of kind of figuring out where I'm at now and I ended up I ended up landing at at a little bit of coaching but mostly just landing into copywriting into ghostwriting that process brought me getting to that process was a really heavy conversation so I have like I said I have eight kids my first my oldest is for my first marriage which uh being in the military my wife likes to call my first deployment <laughs> and uh and so, so, and then my my current wife and I, we've been married twenty five years and have seven kids. And so, when we were, I think we had we had seven after we had our, I think after we had our sixth, um, our oldest became an adult, and and she was like, I I'm not raising these kids on my own. This next like group because we had our first three was under three years, and then it was like every four years we had an, we had another one, which or all surprises. Um, and that's a story in and of itself. And, but, um, we just went through this, this season of, of I'm not going to do this on my own. And so I had to find something that I could do at home and, and copywriting was, was brilliant. Cause I'm, a, cause I was a really good writer. And so I kind of just stumbled into that. We stumbled into kind of this minimalistic living. Um, the last two homes that we were in, one flooded actually both of them flooded and we were just like we're tired of this and um 
And so my wife had this crazy idea of moving into an RV. She said, can we move into an RV? And I was like, <laughs> no. And, <laughs> and so she finally talked me into it. And we've been living full time in an RV since 2017. And, um, and that's really helped me like, like just reduce all of this excess stuff that we have. And really, really over the last, since then, um, it's been a process of me learning how to really balance life, business, family, and, um, and realizing what's important and how to invest in what's important without all the bells and whistles. Mr. Leapley, I have to stop right there um, because there's a lot to unpack. And I think it's probably something that a lot of us in our younger years growing older really have to fine tune. And I want to highlight how you talked about what's most important. I hear the growth of a guy that goes from basically being a paramedic, a lot of times people's lives in your hands. I'm sure during that time in the Navy, you've had some dire situations, but now you're seeing less is more. What have you, what have you found to be like some of the most important things in life as you've gotten older and transitioned into this step uh, of your journey? Ooh. Um, I, I've really learned the importance of self-care. Um, and, you know, I, I know that's a huge thing these days and, and, and you can go off on this, on this self-improvement tangent and, and, and it can, it can become real selfish. And, um, but I've really learned how, like, I have to take care of my well-being, whether that's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, nutritional, um, and when I, when I take the time and effort and I put in the time and effort to, to take care of myself in, through that lens of, of well-being, then it helps me think clearer uh, when I show up for my family, which, which is for me the, the next most important thing. And, and it's tough as, as, especially as guys, you know, we, we, we have a, we live a, we live a traditional kind of 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 life you know where where i work my wife wants to stay home we've homeschooled our kids and and um and so just being clear in my own head helps me be clearer in in what the priorities are um i read somewhere one time and this you know there was back when we thought starting a church there was i was reading this book where it was like you know the traditional priorities you know of that is like you know god's first then your then your wife is second then your family's third then you're fourth and you know, your then everybody comes out of that and um and it's really kind of linear uh, in in that sense and i read like you know as this was a, like a church planting handbook and it, there was but there was this thing it was like on a sunday morning at 9 a.m if you're the pastor your priority can't be i'm going to take my wife on a date your priority is this and so, yeah. and so you can maintain those you can maintain those linear priorities and and still be like if you're working 60 hours a week my wife my wife is really good at, at, at reminding me when I don't do this, but really good at reminding me, like I could be gone for 60 hours a week and she can still feel like the number one priority. Mm -hmm. um, but it starts with me ensuring that my well-being 
physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, nutritional is on is on par so that I can show up effectively and clearly. I, I, I do have to uh, applaud you because also being a father of a big home, I realize how important it is to prioritize and be intentional with your time. Because to me, there's a sense of aim when you're very clear about your intentions. However, one intention I do need to know a little bit more about is how did you get your whole family locked in sync with going towards this minimalist uh, mentality? Um, well, I wish I could take all the credit. It's actually it's actually probably 90% my wife who, who kind of pushed us towards that. <laughs> I love and, um, it. <laughs> you know, I, I wish I could be like, yes, I did all this. But no, she, um, you know, our wives are, are such a mirror of us. And, um, and my, I, I'm blessed to have an amazing wife who, who keeps me on track. And her desire is to see me leave well in our in our in our home and so you know there's there is it's it's a showing up every day of just remembering what's important and i think when we when we have the big house and all the cars and all the stuff it can be such a distraction and so as we start to pull those away it it helps us see what's more important and i think i think you know diff Sorry, guys, it looks like my guest got disconnected for a few moments. But as we're waiting for him to tap back in, I, I got I to gotta highlight something he was actually just talking about. And that's just the distractions that comes with much. Most of our society is built on this idea that the more you have, the more blessed you are. But sometimes people don't realize that the more you're chasing after, the more that's in your hands the more responsibility that comes with that. And with that responsibility comes weight because now you have obligations with the more that you have in your hand. So if um, you are missing the underlying theme to the minimalist portion of our conversation, I think it's almost deeply religious to hear someone decluttering their life enough where they can enjoy what they've got. I know a lot of people and I've been through this myself, that with the more God has given you or allowed you to have, you feel like you need more provision. You need more expenditures. You need more bills with the more you have. I think that's a very, very, very dangerous approach. With that said, I'd like to stop for a moment, jump to commercial. And we'll be right back. Hello, everyone. This is Andre Truitt, representative for Just Gifted Clothing Brand. If you have individual talent of any kind, we are talking to you. Join this clothing brand that has built a community of people that encourages others to use their gifts and talents. Man, we are the fastest growing brand that you haven't heard of yet. To find out what we're really about, 
just go to JustGiftedClothingBrand.com. Let me spell that out for you. J-U-S-G-I-F-T-E-D ClothingBrand.com. One more time for you. J-U-S-G-I-F-T-E-D ClothingBrand.com. Talent in any way, you're just gifted. All right, guys, this is Anthony Mitchell again. We are back from commercial. I have Mr. Stephen Leapley back on the line. Sorry for the disconnection, sir, but uh, I was very intrigued by um, what we were talking about with the minimalist lifestyle. If you don't mind, can you pick back up where we left off? Yes. Um, so I, don't, I can't remember exactly where we were, but the, we were in, in, in creating a minimalistic lifestyle. I was, I was realizing that... The, the stuff that we had just having more and bigger isn't always better because it just creates distraction with us and the more distracted i was i found that the more stuff i had the more distracted i was getting and and as much as i wanted to to believe that the stuff was actually drawing us together it wasn't um you can learn a lot about someone when you have to you know you get married and now you're sharing a bedroom with someone, Uh Um, (laughs) you know, we, uh, we, we live in a 36 foot travel trailer with four slide outs and we have a bunkhouse. And so all of our kids, um, all of our kids share a bunkhouse room and, you know, we've, we've had places where we've tried to rent when we had earlier kids and they were like, you can't put all your kids in one room. That's child (laughs) abuse. Like, how's it child abuse if the bedroom is to sleep in? That's what it's designed for. Like it's not designed to be lived in. It's designed to be slept in. And, and our kids, you know, we, we exchanged things with experiences and tried to get outside as much and and, that we could. And, you know, we, it's funny because now we live in this trailer and I have three, four of my eight kids are, are adults. So four of them are out of the house. So I just have the younger four in from 16 down to three. Um, and, and so we have just created this, this space of things to do outside so that the trailer is really nothing more than, you know, it's, it's, it's our home, but it's, but the room is a place to sleep. We have, we have a, we have a farm now. And, uh, you know, and, you know, we, we, we live on a private land and, and I've got chickens and goats and dogs and quails and a vegetable garden. And it's, you know, so, so we're, we're, it's, it's those experiences, you know, like my, my eight year old, um, had the experience last year when we, a few months ago when we butchered our first set of meat birds. And, uh, and so, um, you know, like how many eight-year-olds can say, yeah, I know how to butcher a chicken. Not many. <laughs> Play Roblox and video games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and we still, I mean, you know, our kids still play, our, our kids still play a, a little bit of video games, and but we, we just, we monitor them. And, you know, I found that the more, the, the less stuff I have, the more I'm able to invest into my kids. And, and the more I can invest into them mentally. 
you know, I want to I want to add this in to just as a as a carrot to what you're saying. I think a lot of times we as fathers think that our greatest ability is being available for provision. But sometimes provision extends more beyond keeping the lights on, you know, um, contrary to popular belief, fathers also play an integral part in developing kids you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. We have a part. So when I hear a father talking line that says, I also get a chance to invest in my kids. It's like you understand your position well. I, I just wanted to applaud you for that as you were sharing this portion of your story. Oh, I, I appreciate that. It's, it's um, you know, it, it's crazy because I, it's not, that's not something that, that has been since day one for me. It, it's, it's been something that, that's really in the last probably four years that I've really kind of come into clarity with, so to speak. And, um, and that's one of those, that's one of those, it's, it's almost like a, it's still a state, like mental health is still a stigma. Um, and I think, and I think active present fathers are still a stigma. Um, because we, we get to this point where it's like, you're like, Oh my gosh, I, I, I haven't spent much time with my kids. So, you know, I, I guess I don't have time. I guess I, you know, I, I guess that time is over. Um, and, and, and the cool thing is, is our children, as I'm sure that, you know, like our children are really resilient and they're, and they're really um, grace giving, especially when you come to them and you're like, I, I, I screwed up or, you know, I, you know, I had my oldest is like, why didn't you, why didn't you have all of this stuff when we were young? Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, you were the first one. So you were the experiment. <laughs> you know, it's like, and it's a learning process. <laughs> And, it, and it's a, and it's a learning process. You know, my, my, my 24 year old was like, dad, you never taught me about star Wars or, or, or football. And I'm, and he's, and he's like, these are amazing things. I'm like, you only wanted to skateboard. And so rather than trying to force what I wanted onto you, I just let you go and do what you wanted to do. And that was, which was skateboarding. And so we spent, you know, hours and days. I remember being in, in grad school and I would take him to the skate park and he would skateboard and I would sit there and write my papers and do my research, um, on, you know, at the skate park with him. Um, and, and it was, it was cool. And then eventually he got me out on the skateboard. And so, so there was, so he appreciated that, but it, it was, it's those opportunities that we have, like, you know, had we had, you know, the big house or had we had not, not focusing on, on living smaller, I, it, I would have been at home working or, you know, the wife would have been, been taking him more so to the skate parks than I would have, um, you know, and just, you know, like they say, like proximity helps, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, when you're, when you're in the same house, when you're in the same you know, same town, it's, it's easier to, to get together and to be connected. And what I found for us it, it minimally is even the smaller that we have, the smaller place that we have, the more connected we, we get. And, exactly. and, we, and it was, it was kind of funny because what we did, we tried, I think in 2000, say wait, 2017 is when we went full time. 2012 was our first experiment. We were both in, in doing doing undergrad, 
and we had a moment we had like a, a three month opportunity to, to kind of travel and we had bought this old class C um, RV to try to travel in and um, and we traveled in it for about a month and none of the kids wanted to leave they just wanted to be this is our first time out of a house and so they just wanted to be glued to the 13 inch TV to, to, to <laughs> use to use the Nintendo Wii like that's all they wanted to do and um, and we and like we tried these things we kept trying different things we couldn't get them out and I remember we had to come back home to for a wedding or something and and we downsized from a, a 26 foot travel trailer to a pop-up tent trailer so literally the only thing you could do in a pop-up tent trailer is sleep <laughs> and um and that was kind of the start of of us exploring how to do things outside of the home together as a family and 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 i think that was for my wife that was definitely this aha we could we could do this minimalistic kind of thing and she was like i'm tired of cleaning the house and, and trying <laughs> and you know and and i was i wasn't i was a you know i was i was a paramedic so i would come home and i'm you know this cleanliness thing i was in the military so i would come home and, and i wouldn't care about anything else other than the kitchen being clean and and and, she, and my wife was like the kitchen is the last thing i'm doing and I'm, and and she's i would literally come home and i would i remember walking over piles of clothes and toys and being mad that the kitchen wasn't clean she's like you can walk over all this other stuff. She's like, like maggots don't grow on toys. <laughs> you know, like, you know, not that, not that we had that, but that was my mentality of like, like this could happen, and 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 man, breaking out of that and, and living smaller has helped me just has helped me be more present with my kids. But yet, I still had to learn. It was still a process for me. I wish it was an immediate boom. Um, but it it's right. been a process it's been a process and i'm actually i'm glad for that because it, it, it what it's part of my own story but it's you know and we all have our story but two it really helps it, it's really helped me in my business too just because i've had these experiences so i can show up and help other people you know navigate different areas of life that they're going through you know i'm, I'm glad you say all that so i'm going to quickly because we have just a few moments left here on this platform. But um, I want to connect a couple of dots in a, as short of a time period as possible. But hearing your story is, is really invigorating because it's different than just a cookie cutter every day. Um, even as I call a lot of the subdivision homes, they're left and right hand homes because they all look just alike. Mm -hmm. Your story is quite unique. How do you take your story and draw others that you work with as a ghostwriter and teaching people how to tell their stories. Like, what are some things that you do with that? And I, I want to talk about that a little bit because I'm intrigued because we've always felt like everybody has a story, but sometimes it's hard to tell your story or, you know, it's almost like when we were in college, when you have to do an introductory speech and just talk about yourself for two minutes, that was the hardest speech because you don't know how and where to start. Take us on that journey very quickly. Mm, I think uh, I, I think it comes down to to um, helping people figure out where where their foundation is. 
and once they know where their found where once they know where their foundation is then you can kind of build up i call them like pillars you know I, I, there is you know there's basically four pillars of a man which is the king warrior mentor and friend kind of pillar and and if you have a strong foundation you can build those up and so i so when i tell story help people tell stories it's walking through okay which uh, of these four pillars which one is solid which one needs to be to be maybe rebuilt or or strengthened um or focused on more but it's also you know those pillars are also like bonsai trees in the sense of okay wax on wax off yeah, I'm, I'm going to go karate kid. I'm, I'm old school. I'm going karate kid on you. Um, totally, because for a bonsai tree, you know, to, to, to flourish, it has to be continually picked and poked and prodded and cut and shaped and trimmed. And that's the same thing with our lives. We, ha- we have to, it, it's a constant, um, it, it's not a battle. It's just a, a, wow. an opportunity to constantly prod and shape and mold into what we want. Um, and so when I take people on their journeys through telling their stories, it's, it's, it's a process of, of walking through, through that. Like, so one of your foundational pillars, and then there's the, the passions, like what, what is, what's, what's passionate to you? What do you love to do? What do you enjoy to do? Because, because I feel, I feel like for me, I feel like God created everybody uniquely and, and we all have, we all have a, a, a purpose. And so usually what our passions are, are really what has what purposed us. And so really helping people see their pa- their purposes and their passions and then and then their positionings of we every every position that we're in every season, every circumstance, every event is there for a reason. Um you know, there's always like it's you. You either you either learn or you you know you either grow or you learn, right? In, in, in a circumstance, right? And and I, I I believe that, and I believe that deeply in in the sense of of um of of we don't know who and when we're going to impact or influence someone else, and and simply sharing our stories is a way to impact and influence others. Um, sure. You can, you can be a, you can become a writer and, and try to, you know, become, you know, a, a, a best-selling author. Um, and, and sometimes in doing that, in telling your story, that's, that's what you become, but really telling the stories is it's almost like in the military, you know, especially if you come back from war, there's a lot of, you know, post-traumatic stress that we, that, exactly. that we have. And so I have found that actually helping people write their stories helps get rid of their post-traumatic stress whether it's military or whether it's it's non-military it it doesn't you know where your stress comes from doesn't matter um but if you have trauma in your life just sometimes just merely telling your story gets it out there and and helps helps reduce that trauma and that stress trauma in our own lives and then somebody's gonna read it see a snippet hear you talking about it and they're going to be like that's me Connect. Uh-huh. And, and then that gives us an opportunity to say hey this is how this is what i did this is my st-. like what's your story and so i just have the ability um I'm a gifting to to hear someone's story 
and and be able to to step into it. Somebody called me the other day that the Jim Carrey of ghostwriting, because I because of just how <laughs> okay. just how I get inside somebody, I can get inside someone's head, um, and really kind of bring out, you know, what they've done in their life that's been able to that can that can impact and influence others. I, I'm listening to all of this, and I wish I had more time because. I feel like we have gotten to the point in the conversation where I was like, you know what? I was going to put them on the spot and let them pull my story out a little bit. But I tell you, that will be for another day. But I know I told you that I've got no, I got you questions. Yes. Right. I, I was a little, I don't want to say honest or dishonest or not honest, but I always, always before I let my guests go, I throw a curveball question at them. And I, with your permission, I've got a curveball question that will not get you canceled go for it <laughs> but my question is what's something you know now you wish you knew when you were younger Ooh, that's not that big of a curveball question but it is um <laughs> it is when you're not prepared right <laughs> um man that that everything happens for a reason I like that. I like that. With that said, sir, um, undoubtedly, there are going to be people that are listening to today's episode and will want to connect more with uh, just some of what you experienced, as well as drawing their own stories out. How can people find you and just connect with you more on an intimate level? Um, they can reach me on my website, which is leaplyenterprises.com. Um, or I'm super active. I'm on all the socials and, and pretty much everything is, is Stephen Leapley. Um, I'm super active on LinkedIn and, um, and I'm also active, active on Facebook. Um, I think my Instagram handle is, is Stephen Leapley official because I got hacked one time and I wanted to make it, make it official right. again. <laughs> That sounds about right. But I tell you what, I'm going to send you a LinkedIn request and I would like to continue more of this conversation in due time. But, sir, listen, I have to get you back on this platform when things slow down a little bit after the holiday season. <laughs> because Absolutely. 100 miles an hour and militarily right now, we are slammed. However, before we go, is there anything else you'd like to share with our guests before we transition off of today's episode? Everybody, every one of us has has a story, and don't be afraid to tell it. That's what I got. I like that. And guys, you've heard it here first. If you can go over to one of the social media sites that he has referenced, and please go follow Mister Leapley, like, share, rate, subscribe this podcast, get this content in the ears of your friends. I believe it'll be a blessing. And until next time, this is the End Zone Club where we have conversations that are designed to push you from walking in potential to actually fulfilling your purpose. Be blessed.